Welcome to another powerful message from One Life OK. We really hope you enjoy it. I um, I wanted to start back tonight on First Peter three, and I y'all talked about it a little bit in your small groups, right? Yeah. Made sure it was the first question. Um, in the Amplified of First Peter three twenty one, which I talked to us about um, the prophetic picture that the Passion Translation described to us, right on Sunday. Remember that. But in the Amplified Version, it said this, that, um, let's just read the whole thing. Corresponding to that rescue through the flood, baptism, which is an expression of a believer's new life in Christ, now saves you, not by removing dirt from the body, but by an appeal to God for a good clear conscience demonstrating what you believe to be yours through the resurrection of Jesus. So that's my first question for us all tonight is what do you believe to be yours because of the resurrection? You know, the Holy Spirit is looking for relationship. He's not looking for someone to just do ministry for him. Some of you in here don't really care about doing ministry for God, but I would say the majority of us, that's our ache. But I can't transpose those two things, and I can't have a relationship with the Holy Spirit just to see what cool gifts I get to use. It it moves it out of target for his heart. I, I made a couple of of points I want to read. Um, The lifestyle of creating this relationship with the Holy Spirit is valuing Him as a person. You know, the Jesus and the Father both pointed to the Holy Spirit as something really valuable. And it's, it's a good question to ask that why... Why didn't Jesus and the Holy Spirit come at the same time to earth? That's a good question to ask. I believe it's because that the Father intended for us to be remade after the image of Jesus in His resurrected state versus pre-resurrected Jesus. Pre-resurrected Jesus was awesome. But there must have been an upgrade that the Father saw possible, because He does all things intentionally. And so He intentionally waited until Jesus resurrected to release the Holy Spirit to humanity on earth. And that's when Jesus, remember, He met them after He was resurrected. He breathed on them. He said, receive the Holy Spirit. He said, go and wait together until there's an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. So that means that day, the Holy Spirit began His outpouring ministry. Let's go with that. We should have titled it that. The Holy Spirit's outpouring ministry started that day, and it's up to me to position myself for the filling. It's outpouring, 
And so what some of the things that keeps me from experiencing this outpouring, I think one of the greatest ones is thinking it's going to be a certain way. You know, Pam and I were talking yesterday and we made this profound um, discovery years ago that what we thought ministry would look like is way different than what it ended up being. In fact, our big dream was so small compared to what his desire was just to invite us into this relationship. So the invitation of the relationship with the Holy Spirit is to transform me into the resurrected Jesus. I can tell you don't believe me. Let's read some stuff. Let's, Let's go to Colossians 3. Let's start there. I've got so many scriptures, can't decide where to start. I don't want to miss anything. Colossians 3 says this, and let's read it in the Passion, shall we? I mean, the, the Amplified's awesome. The voice is, those are my three faves. It says, Christ's resurrection is your resurrection too. Do you believe that? See, that's the answer to living in innocence. You're not trying to get resurrected. The moment you stepped into a relationship with Jesus and you said, not my will, but yours be done, I surrender all, make you Lord and King. That day, you went through a resurrection. He raised you up. Right then, the Holy Spirit says, let's get to work, baby. See, the Holy Spirit is less concerned about your immaturity. We, we are all usually more concerned about our immaturity. I love messes. I love messes. I love a challenge. I love the event of let's try something, see how it goes. Because why? In that moment that I try it, it becomes revealed to me what else I could change. If I didn't ever try it. You know, I love Breezy and I, we partner a lot on art because she can throw paint on anything and does. And we try stuff and we go, cool or not cool. Let's alter it. You know, we're working on 10 different things right now. You know, she made pictures of all of our dogs and we made this beautiful 40-inch poster and I got a frame for it and then we got another dog. So it messed up the whole picture. (laughs) But that's okay. I still have this beautiful print, right? It's not a thing. It just shows this advancement that is always, always, always available in the Holy Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit has such a desire for us to be so relational with Him that He's able to just go, I don't really think that's going to work here. And we go, all right. He doesn't want to go... He just wants that little bit. That's why when you live with the dove in mind, you live with his presence foremost. That's what he says. His resurrection is your resurrection. This is why we are to yearn for all that is above. What is yearn? I mean, it's a deep, right? For that's where Christ sits enthroned at the place of all power, honor, and authority. 
Yes, feast on all these treasures of the heavenly realm. Feast sounds like a lot. It's telling you the key to being able to experience the kingdom supernatural realm in abundance. It's resurrection. And trust me, you've already been in it. You have already been resurrected. It's your awareness. Everything in God is about my awareness. My awareness. He's like right here. He is right here in this room. He's right here trying to transform your skepticism and your stubborn heart and your hardness into a love relationship. Always. He's right here. How aware am I at what he's really doing right here? Or did I just already get triggered and I'm just off in my trigger and la la land thinking about how mad I am to be here and how crappy it is. Or I'm off in a trigger about something I got to do tomorrow and some bill I can't pay. That's all of that makes the awareness of what he's doing lose focus. And so the Holy Spirit's always saying, focus, refocus, focus, refocus. Refocus. I'm doing a new thing. I'm doing something right now. I'm doing, the Holy Spirit's doing something in this room right now. Some of you can perceive it and some of you are clueless, but he's still doing it. The Holy Spirit's trying to make me more aware of what he's doing so I can partner with him relationally because he's so loved. He's so loved, so This love I've experienced, I begin, I just take this little, all of a sudden I'm a river. That little thing, that turned into, oh, out of my innermost being, I got something's got to come out. I mean, there's something in me needs to come out on you. Because I can't hold back the river. I lose sight of all my problems because I'm a river again. So whenever I feel low, anybody ever felt low? Let's take a drink. Oh, I'm a river again. See, we're always trying to make the one little drink be the lifetime gig. I might need a drink 50 times in the next second. It just depends on how much river I want. It's in abundance. Feast, 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 feast. If I'm void, I'm not feasting. If I'm hard-hearted, I have not feasted. I cannot feast. Think about what the heavenly realm is. We can't even draw it. Our imagination, the things that we've imagined it to be, we can't get that out on paper. But we keep still imagining it. Take me on it. We used to sing, take me on a tour of heaven. Because I want to see like heaven. I want to see the feast. It says, feast on all the treasures of the heavenly room and fill your thoughts with heavenly realities. Trust me, you are not going to believe the supernatural if all you're feasting on is crappy world stuff. Listen, the world is crazy. The system that God is shaking 
is the world system and it's nuts. It makes up stuff that you didn't even dream of people making up. Who dreamed we would have a kitty litter box in the little boy's elementary bathroom? Who dreamed that? Yet, that's what we're doing in some schools because this little boy wants to be a cat. Who dreamed of that? But see, if I look at it through the resurrected eyesight, as we've been talking about, I'm like, man, God is up to something. He's just revealing where he's going to impact. He spoke to us what to do about it, so he, we already knew. It says, fill your thoughts with heavenly realities and not the distractions of the natural realm. Right now in this room, there are tons of natural distractions. Right now, I'm having one right now. Focus, focus, focus. When the distraction comes, it's just a matter of, am I aware? Can I refocus? He says, your crucifixion with Christ has severed the tie to this life. And now your true life is hidden away in God and Christ. And as Christ himself is seen for who he really is, who you really are will also be revealed. For you are now one with him in glory. Are you aware? See, we become so fixated on earthly things that it really does a disservice to where we're actually seated. I look at it as that we're in the boardroom of heaven. Stuff's going down. Do you think God the Father is done talking? I think God the Father is done creating? Do you think they are going, just shaking their head, going, man, I'm scared. I'm so afraid of what humans are doing right now. I don't know what we're going to do. They're wringing their hands. They're washing them. There's nothing like that. That's We get those mindsets from what the enemy does. We can't transfer this low-minded mentalities onto the Godhead and act like that they live in any way or in any way caring what's going on in the world. They've come to transform it. They've come to transform it through who? The rivers. That's why we have to keep drinking. He says this, verse 5, a little section is called the new creation life. Live as one who's died to every form of sexual sin and impurity. Live as one who has died to the desires for forbidden things, including desire for wealth, which is in essence idol worship. When you live In these vices, you ignite the anger of God against these acts of disobedience. That's how you once behaved, characterized by your evil deeds. But now it's time to eliminate them from your lives once and for all. Eliminate anger, fits of rage, all forms of hatred, cursing, filthy speech, and lying. Lay aside your old Adam self with its masquerade in disguise. 
For you have acquired a new creation life, which is continually, say continually, continually, being renewed into the likeness of the one who created you, giving you the full revelation of God. In this new creation life, your nationality makes no difference, nor your ethnicity, nor your education, nor your economic status. They matter nothing. For it is Christ that means everything as he lives in every one of us. You are always endearly loved by God. So robe yourselves with the virtues of God since you have been divinely chosen to be holy. Be merciful as you endeavor to understand others and be compassionate, showing kindness towards all. Be gentle and humble, unoffendable. Oh, no. In your patience with others, tolerate the weakness of those in the family of faith, forgiving one another in the same way you've been graciously forgiven by Jesus. If you find fault with someone, release this same gift of forgiveness to them. For love is supreme and must flow through each one of these virtues. Love becomes the mark of true maturity. So I made a little baby slide. It says, number eight, I think, it is only through love that we reach our full maturity. It is simply love builds up. Now, that's we're focusing on love this month, right? But see, what we have to understand is that I experienced the love of God when I realized I needed Him. But the love was always flowing. God's not up there like, yeah, they're not ready for love yet. Um, Nope, not ready for love, not ready for love. Nope, nope, nope. God is love, so it's impossible for love to not be flowing from Him. It's my awareness of my need. When When I... Listen, you had nothing to do with your conversion coming to Christ. He pursued you relentlessly. He plucked you out of darkness, out of a hole. He pulled you out, plucked you out, established you, got you, gained you, won you. All that was Him. Because He so loves. When I realized, oh, He's been in pursuit of me this whole time. I thought it was me. Then I, in turn, that that causes me personally to pursue him. Because he's not going to quit pursuing me. All that stuff coming out of my mouth, he's in pursuit of changing that. He's not nervous by it. He knew that's how we would talk. When I'm scared, I say crazy things. Have you ever done that? Anybody at all? And then later, when you're not scared or not hormonal, you're like... Wait, what the heck? Why did I just say that? Right? Right. And you hope you didn't say it too many places because then you got to go back and try to clean that all up. That The Holy Spirit loves that. You know, when Pam and I first, we started ministering to people in our home back, gosh, I don't know, maybe 27 years ago or so. 
And we would have all of these young adults. We were young then. We'd have all the young people wanting to hang out with us. I know it sounds crazy, but they would all come over to our house and they would stay till two, three, four in the morning. And we had a little dog then and she would go to the front door and she would sit at the front door and bark, wanting them all to leave. That's, she had this desire for them. To <laughs> but I remember that even then, what we knew feels so ridiculous now. Even what we were demonstrating to them and showing them and trying to love on them now, I would be, I would say, Teresa, Pam, you're idiots. Compa why? Because revelation keeps transforming my heart to love like him. That's the desire of the Holy Spirit. That's why it's relational. If it was just all I did for him, yeah. it wouldn't matter what kind of relationship I had. I would just have to figure out my, what my gifts were, and I just have to perfect my gifts yeah. outside of him. And we would all do that. We would all do that. Humanity would do that because we would end up going, I did it. Part of the relationship with the Holy Spirit is discovering I can't do it. I can't do it. The Holy Spirit, it His primary function is to make us look like Jesus, where Jesus is now. We cannot, that, does, that is hard for us to fathom. Jesus was resurrected from the dead, walked around the earth, walked through walls, Hello. Went down and got the keys, got the prisoners. Remember, walked around, talked to 500 people. I talked about this a few weeks ago, right? And then at one, at one point, he was transfigured, remember? He just was there, and then he just floated up, and he wasn't there anymore. And it says in the Word, in that moment, he became seated right beside God. And then the Holy Spirit went to work. He poured himself out psh, on humanity. What a gift. Think about it. It was better than Jesus walking with them on the earth. The power of the Holy Spirit is better than Jesus in human form. That's how important the Holy Spirit and your relationship with Him is. It is ongoing. When I value what Jesus and the Father valued, I am then surrendering to the value that they see in the Holy Spirit. For some of y'all, I have value. Those that know me really good, I have value. Some people in here, I have no value. I might be a thorn in your flesh. I don't know. I have no value. It's the relationship that creates the value. And see, whenever the Father says, I'm leaving the Holy Spirit, Jesus says, we're leaving the Holy Spirit. I then can assign value to what they said was valuable. You know, I made this little slide. Only surrendered people can reveal Jesus. Self-willed people cannot. 
I don't know if you understand this, but the surrendering is when you discover, it's what I said Sunday, they're standing there watching for a hundred years, this ark being built. Plenty of time for repentance. Have you ever watched something and you knew you needed to repent? Not watch a TV show, but watch events happen. What is repentance? See, we, we in, in, the, in the old church, repentance was a place I just need to feel so horrible. Like I was just a dumb old piece of dirt and the lower than a cat's back feeling I could get. <laughs> we did. We got saved every Sunday. I was there. I was down at the front every Sunday. Why? Because I didn't want to miss the rapture. And I heard that was the way not to miss it. I didn't even know I was supposed to be empowered to change anything. See, the proof of it is if we got saved and God just wanted to poof, we would just go poof. We would get saved. We'd go to heaven. That would be the end of life. He didn't do that. He made us stay down here. <laughs> Why? Because he believes in the power of the Holy Spirit in us more than he does the demonic. Do you believe more in the power of the Holy Spirit in you? And then he wants to he wants to indicate on your physical man in your if you're a feeler on your feelings what he's up to. And what people need and how crappy people feel. So you'll know the target. And we can't mix that up. And think that he needs to work on that on us because I'm resurrected. Oh, if you could get this, you could have so much fun with me. We could have some fun together. Because, see, you're resurrected, so he's not, he's not trying to use these indicators as something bad in you. He's saying, I need to tell you how that person's feeling. Oh, their knee's hurting. And your knee hurts all of a sudden. It hadn't been hurting all day. But we're like, oh, I'm, I got some autoimmune disease in my knee now. We go to some crazy thing we read on Dr. Google. How many is true? Wait until he trusts you enough to actually go through something. I was telling Bailey about how much she trusts her right now. Because she's still fighting over that insurance. Just how many months has it been? Because he trusts her. This trust. That's trust. He's building up a faith muscle that couldn't have been built up any other way. She would have never got in that line. Uh, yeah, let's get in that line of, you know, financial ruin. We wouldn't do it. We would shut down all giving. We would shut down everything. Because why? We got to hold up. But no, no, he trusts us. He's building a legacy with our lives. He's building a history of, well, you're not going to be there anymore because you're resurrected. Now you've got to learn to operate with this whole resurrected thing. Like it is so fancy. I mean, it can do stuff. It can walk through walls. I told you, if you see me banging my head on the wall, I'm just practicing. Don't be nervous. <laughs> Yeah. 
You know, he was talking to me about, um, this may feel like a segue to you, but it feels like it goes together in my head. He was talking to me the other day, and I was talking to Tessa about it, about fractured foundations. Now, in your lifetime, this glorious thing has happened on the earth, that supernatural gifts that your grandparents and your great-grandparents didn't have God has reestablished them and begin to breathe on them and begin to educate them, begin to mature them, begin to implement them, begin to send them out into activity. That's a cool thing. So one of the things that, that Paul talks about is that the establishment of this church today, this ecclesia, do you want to be on the ecclesia team? Well, you are. And it's new to some of us. There's the apostolic and the prophetic that he said were the foundational structure of this ecclesia that he's going to build his church on. What is the apostolic? The apostolic is the gift that sees this big picture, like a, a big old architectural drawing. And They have this extreme faith for crazy things they can't afford. (laughs) They called me yesterday and said, you know, this this is coming vacant next door over here, March 1st. And so my (laughs) stuff started in the... (laughs) I started seeing some homeschool stuff and some arts. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Because we don't have money for that. That's That's the apostolic. The prophet, God does nothing on the earth. Nothing. God does nothing on the earth without first telling the prophet. But if you're not careful... And you got no covering, the prophets are Elijah. They do a big old show off. Hey! And then they run for their lives and they give up their ministry. That's that's what happens. Because why? They need that structure. I told it to the girls like this. When they paint, they have it first in their imagination. Then they have to take something, a pencil paint something and put it on something for me to see it because I cannot see it in their head. That, that's, that is this Ecclesia. That is what he's doing. He's, there's stuff in our imaginations. When we, when we, and I become a river, there's stuff I want to do with my river. Some of y'all have no idea what I'm talking about, but there is, right? There's stuff I'm looking at Breezy because she wants to do stuff. We were talking about, we're going to do stuff, but I don't want to do stuff without him. In fact, I refuse to not be led. In fact, I will not do something if I don't know that it's him. You know, God, he, he wants to be somewhere. He's everywhere, but he wants to be somewhere. He wants to be here with us. He wants us to take him and expand him, 
not expand us. And so these fractured foundations that we grew up in, and they were fractured not by any fault of our own. We can just get over that. Quit blaming people. They either just didn't know, no one taught them. Who cares? I don't care. It's over. Now, you know about these foundations. You know those old ones were fractured. So you know not to build anything on those. The foolish man builds his house on the fractured foundation. And when the winds come and the rains blow, then it falls down. Boom. Or the wolf comes and blows it hard. I don't know. But the true foundation, it's meant to make a legacy. So when I see the little boys, I remember when. Said, well, just had one. And, you know, the one little thing she says to Rolly all the time is, you know, you're a leader. He doesn't always do leader things. He's nine. But when I see him doing a leader thing, I look at how many people follow him. So in that room, little Boo, he wasn't over there taking communion. He was playing with Siwo. And he turned to Sidwell and said, pray. I've been praying over him that he'd be a word man. Pray. Got to go over here to where Rolly, the leader, is. I'm going to assume the position because this shows honor. It, you know, it doesn't really matter that he understands it fully. The things of God are caught sometimes. They're not always taught. And see, when I value what God values, the fractured foundations of my past become obsolete because I'm drawn to the stability of where my gifts operate well. And see, that's what, honestly, that's what you could say the big one is about. We're about establishing first this relationship with the Holy Spirit. We can do nothing without Him. We have to live. We have to learn to live with the dove in mind. Learn to live with this in mind. Well, I have to learn to do I have to adjust my awareness and my priorities. Everything I do is with this in mind. Am I 100% successful? I'm not. But, I, oh, I get back in line. When He falls off, I'm like, oh, Give me that. Hurry. Help me get it. Hurry. Someone help me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I just lost my mind all of a sudden. Get him all folded up here nice and tidy. Whew, for a second, I went rogue. He didn't cross me off. Nobody crosses you off. Nobody cares. We're busy keeping the dove up here ourselves. And before too long, I've got, ooh, I got a whole foot, whole spiritual foot on that apostolic prophet thing. Oh, oh, I think I heard something from God. I, I well, maybe it's because of where my foot. I think I might just move both over here because some activity started happening when I came, 
Start having some dreams about Hitler. I'm <laughs> what happens? I'm establishing my gift set in order to where the Holy Spirit has room to train me. Yeah. See, there's a whole bunch of prophetic people running around. They got no covering. They got no training. They're like, what am I doing with these guns? They're just shooting everybody they can find, you know, because stuff's going off. They're hearing stuff and seeing stuff. And man, it's not it, but they don't know what to do with anything. And when we establish a way for that training to take hold, that's why we have the art school. I don't care. Honestly, I don't care what they draw or paint. I care what their heart sees. If their heart is all caught up in this war, they can't see. These are spiritual eyes I'm talking about. I've worked with these two leaders of the art school for years because they couldn't see either. And so what happens when two can see? I'm pretty sure four can. Four can see. I'm pretty sure eight can. Eight can see. I'm pretty sure 16 can. Why? Same thing with worship. It's not about whether you can sing. I'll tell you if you can sing later. It's about, <laughs> it's about your heart. Can your heart worship if you're not on the platform? Because trust me, this is weightier than you think. You may think, well, we ain't nothing. We are little. We ain't nothing. But it's the, the same Holy Spirit. There's not a junior one over in RC, big one over here, bigger one at some other church. He's the same. And he's weighty on humanity. When I yield, when I get done tonight, I will be tired. A weird tired. Not a tired like I played a ball game. I know that tired. But a tired like I can't think anymore. Like, like Jesus said it. The virtue, whatever that virtue is, whatever it means, it's gone out of me. It'll be gone. I don't have it right now. Right now, I feel like we could do anything. We could totally tear this wall down right now tonight. That's how I feel right now. You know, one of the things we have to remember is that because we had those fractured foundations, we have to begin to see ourselves a little differently. I made this slide. It says, because we are all strong in some areas and weak in others, we need to constantly monitor the effects of our behavior on others. The next one is we are all at different levels of growth. So our conviction levels are different. If we push our conviction onto someone else, we create legalism. Now see, there is, you can read it for yourself. I've been trying to see if anybody found it, but Romans 14 and 1 Corinthians 8 talk all about food. Y'all can read it. There's, this conviction or this conscience that, if you will, it needs to li live clean and clear. You know it. Listen, the thing about, if you look up the word conscience, I think we mentioned on Sunday, the guy, 
Um, it was together to know and see and all that, um, to have, it's with knowledge, yeah. conscience, yeah. yeah. Um, this, the meaning of that in the Greek, it would be, yeah. All people have this God-given capacity to know right from wrong. The conscience joins moral and spiritual cons- consciousness as a part of being created in the div- divine image. So part of when he said, I made man in our image, part of that package included the, the, the way to know right or wrong. And who decides right or wrong? See, that's the big thing right now. God decides. Let me help you. God decides. It's in the book. I mean, just read some Proverbs and you can get it. It's not hard, right? And so since it's in everyone, it was part of the design of making us in his image. No human is void of it. That's the beautiful thing because that means you can always minister from that perspective. Everyone knows right from wrong. However, there are some electives. You know, there are some people can watch some stuff and it doesn't bother them. And there's some people that can't. I have no right. That's why he talks so much about food because obviously food's a problem today. (laughs) It was a problem back then. We have no right to judge each other is the bottom line of all of it. When I'm sitting in judgment over some TV program you watch, it's one of the reasons why I don't even talk about TV programs because I've been judged. I don't care that you know what I watch because I have to watch it with the Holy Spirit, not with you. You might be okay with it. And the Holy Spirit will be like, I'm not okay with this. We don't have a... See, when we're busy judging, and a lot of y'all do this, especially if you came from religion. Most people who have the spirit of religion judge. So I sit and I judge and I decide how you are with God by my little measurement. See, in that moment, I've stepped, it says this, I've stepped out of faith and I've stepped into sin. Because it says everything has to be done from faith. And so just, so now let's reread these statements. Because we are strong in some areas and weak in others, we need to constantly monitor the effects of our behavior on others. That's on us. I have to monitor my behavior to other people. You know, we had this funny thing happen today. Pam was telling me how she saw this man at this this gas station. And she's had this whole conversation about heaven. It's just like Pam. But me... I was at the gas station the other day and there was a man there and I'm not bad already. No, I'm bright light. And so he was trying to get me to give me some money and I gave him this right here. Because I was alone. Now see, just for a moment, I kind of felt bad today. I thought, man, I should have tried to save those guys. But not for very long. Because, because I just know me. But the same way, I know Pam, but just if Pam, if Pam was weird all of a sudden, and she was like, well, why didn't you go talk to them? Why'd you give them the finger? It was the number one finger. <laughs> Don't come any closer. And they didn't. They didn't. They knew. Mm. See, she would be wrong. 
Are you with me at all? We spend a lot of time doing that. So we're not aware of our behavior. We're only aware of our judgment. And so then our conviction, the Holy Spirit uses conviction. See, it has to match up with this clear conscience. See, here's the thing. That's why, you know, the whole women submit to men movement is so crappy because God never gave anyone permission to control another person. So if I read any scripture and it says, I get to tell somebody what to do and do for me, I'm already wrong. That can't be the love story of God. Let's all control one another. I don't have time to preach on that. Okay, I think I'm going to be done. Um, let, me end, let me end with this. Can I end with this? First John 4. It says, We have come into, this is the passion, an intimate experience with God's love. And we trust in the love He has for us. This is important. You can trust in His love. God is love. Those who are living in love are living in God, and God th- lives through them. In, in uh, verse 17, it says this, By living in God, love has been brought to its full expression in us so that we may fearlessly face the day of judgment because all that Jesus now is, so are we in this world. Now, y'all know, I've preached on this before, that day of judgment doesn't have to do with bad stuff. has to do with those the things that we've done for Him, right? But it says also, faith has transferred his righteousness to us. So that's why it's so important to live. This is, a, this is what I'm trying to say tonight, that this resurrection has actually transformed you already. And now the Holy Spirit is doing all the things he knows to do. Which What does he know? He knows everything because his heart is to restore us back to the Father in every way. To move us in our awareness that I'm seated with Christ. So what does it say about that? I can ask anything. I'm sitting on the mercy seat. Right? I am seated at the mercy seat. So when I don't have the right attitude or when I mess up, the Holy Spirit's right there. And he's like, hey, really? We can't run away from him. Really? Is that what you want to do? It's so simple then. Because I live with that awareness. And when I live with that awareness, I trust that the Holy Spirit is, is showing me places in my life where my gift isn't relational. We've all been there. Listen, I lived for years working for God. It's much funner being in relationship, then I see opportunity in your um, experience to tell you something relational. That's that's what I do. 
I've done that for several people this week. Let me tell you a relational way the Holy Spirit would actually empower you. And if He empowers you, He funds it. So all your worry about financial ruin and everything that comes from the non-resurrected person. So when I say, hey, you know, I don't know, do we? Do we? Then someone in here is like, yes, I do. I do. I don't know. It's not, it can't be on me, you see, because it's the Holy Spirit's thing. And see, that constant movement of the Holy Spirit, then just like today when Madly, I don't know when she wrote me that beautiful word, but it 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 brought me to tears in the green room because it was exactly my day today. That, those were the words I needed today. And see, that's the Holy Spirit. And when we take a drink, I become a river and this river has to find a destination. And remember who the destination is, all the people God loves. And who does he love? Everybody. And so then I become part of this beautiful plan of restoration. Isn't that a great, isn't that a great gig? Let's stand and I'm going to pray for you. Let's just put our hands out today and just say, Papa, I'm desiring more of an awareness of your Holy Spirit and how to position my life on the foundation of the apostolic and prophetic that you're building your ecclesia on. I'm telling you, I want to be part of what you're doing on the earth right now. So I'm wanting to bring all of me for you to remake me in Jesus name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from One Life OK. For more information, please visit us at onelifeok.com.